Hello, hello and adieu, people. So it's just me right now, but don't worry because we weren't going to do an intro, but then after we recorded, something changed. <laughs> so this is actually our last episode of Hello and Adieu. And before you get too sad, um, Mathis and I have really been talking about what we want the future of Hello and Adieu to look like. And what we came up with is we really want to focus uh, more onto one category and one subject. Um, Hello and Adieu is amazing and it's been amazing to us. Um, but you know, it covers a lot, you know, the umbrella is very broad and we really want to focus it more. Um, and so we are actually going to be starting a new podcast, um, kind of based around, uh, critiquing film and TV shows. Um, and then also kind of in that critique doing, more of that, um, you know, higher thinking spiritual conversations that may come with it. Um, and so in the episode, we talked about, you know, the process of that and what we plan on doing. And we even had a title that we were going to use. However, after we recorded this, we realized that that podcast title had been taken. So in the episode, you are going to hear us talk about our new podcast and then you're going to hear bleeps and those bleeps are bleeping out the title we were going to use and unfortunately we do not have our new title yet because we really 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 liked the title that we had which is why we used it in our episode because we thought that's what we were going to use um so we're still trying to brainstorm and trying to think of something that is you know fun and witty and yet um kind of covers what we're going to talk about so anyways that's the note up top uh, thank you guys so much for kind of going on this journey with us. Please, please, please come on over to our other podcast. It's going to start on uh, Tuesday, January 24th, and you can find out what the name of that is either on the Existential Spoon Facebook page, um, the website, or if you're friends with Mathis and I on Facebook, there. All right. Enjoy. Hey everyone, it's been a while. Hey people, <laughs> it's been it's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute, but we did say it was going to be a minute, so I don't feel bad about we did. it at all. We I took hope a everyone... little uh, Christmas hi- oh, holiday hiatus. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Christmas holiday. Yep. Wow, <laughs> that's hiatus mixed with holiday. It, I'll never yeah. say that again. Don't worry. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't. I hope everyone had a great holiday time. I know I yeah. did. Yes, I did as well. It was very uh, peaceful, very relaxing. Good. And um, and you actually did traveling. I stayed like put. Right. The, the traveling was the only part that was terrible. It was a fiasco. Oh, let me it? tell you. I missed my flight out of LAX going home. Oh, really? Yeah. Because the, the, the traffic oh, was you just... You missed your, uh, your flight heading yeah. to New Hampshire. Yeah. Okay. Like, no one could have predicted how much was going to be there. I was, like, walking into the airport, and I went, nope, I'm not going to make it. Like, it was so... Did you just not packed. give yourself enough time? Yeah, I gave myself an hour, which I should have given myself 
longer just because it was the holiday season but i traveled the year before and i was like no an hour was fine but Hmm. it really has to do you know with the time of the day and i was traveling really early because you know i was going all the way across the country and if i didn't travel early i would have gotten there really late which i did ended up ended it up (laughs) which i did end up getting there really late because i missed that flight it was a whole it was a whole cluster but Mm. I made it and it was a really good time. I watched like so many movies. Yeah. On the plane? No. Just, just beforehand. Over the break. Like I was just uh, catching up on all of the stuff that I missed. Good. Which That's is just great. me every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. It is accurate. But we'll talk about all that stuff movie wise uh, shortly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we, Mathis and myself have been talking about kind of what we want the future of this podcast, Hello to Do, what it, what, what we want it to look like, because we've been doing it about mm-hmm. a year now. Um, and I think for us, we, we just wanted to kind of reflect and see what was going right, what was going wrong, what we could change you know, what we could incorporate. And I, over this two-week hiatus, I think what we came to, and not I think, this is what we came to. I was about to correct you, so good, (laughs) you corrected yourself. Uh, We decided that we are going to focus um, our podcast uh, into something, into one category. Hello and Ado is kind of split into three categories. It's personal, Mm. it's movies and TV, it's entertainment, and then it's spiritual and it's kind of just a lot for one type of podcast. And the good thing about that is that a lot of people can, you know, kind of get into it. But at the same time, there's going to be portions of the podcast that a lot of people don't connect with. And right. I think that's what we found is the biggest downfall of what Hello and Do is. And so what Mathis and myself decided and what we're actually really excited about yeah. is we're actually going to start a new podcast. So this will be Hello and Ado's final episode. You know, it wasn't sounding sad until that last line. I was like, good, <laughs> he's not making it sound sad. It's not sad at all. It's, it's not sad because honestly, what what Hello and Ado is in essence is going to be the same over at our new podcast. Yeah. It's just yeah. going to look a little different. Um, you know, it is going to be focused on film and TV Um, but it's going to be, we're going to be, you know, critiquing, giving our opinions. We're going to uh, do all that stuff and then incorporate things like spirituality into our discussions about certain films. So we're still going to talk about all the things we really talk about on Hello and Do, but it's going to be focused towards, um, film. And that's going to be like the, um, the house that our podcast is in. Um, and we're very excited about it actually. And I think we're going to tell you what the title is and we're, bo- we're both pumped and Mathis <laughs> thought of this and immediately when he said, it, I was like, this is it. We got it. <laughs> that is accurate. That is a true story. Yeah. I knew at that moment there was nothing else that we needed. Do you want to say it or you want me to say it? Yeah, I will say it. It okay. is called. And if that doesn't put a smile on, on your guys. face, then right? who are you? It like immediately. It, oh God, I stuttered. I did. It really I'm, just I'm, made I'm, me immediately. Like, <laughs> it was just. It was so fun, and it's 
really going to encapsulate what we are going to talk about, you know, cinema. And mm-hmm. I guess not cereal. We're not going to talk about cereal. Yeah, but, but it, it makes it fun. Exactly. You know? Exactly. The, the title it's, is fun. It's just going to be a very yeah. It's a very fun discussion about cinema, yeah. and we'll be doing it once a week, the same way that we do these episodes now. Yep. And you were saying focus a lot, and that is really just the goal is with is to hone in very specifically on one thing that we both really want to talk to you guys about or really want to talk to each other about and each week we just hone in and the episode is very uh on that one topic and yeah and we really want to find an audience that really wants that because that's what we're kind of passionate about and yeah um you know we do want to find a specific audience and so it's okay if it's not for you um you know if it's not for you, that's totally okay. You know, you don't have to listen. But we're hoping by making it more focused and kind of being a little bit more driven towards that film aspect that we're going to find an audience that we couldn't find in Hello to Do because it was so, um, there was a lot of different categories being covered. Yeah. To, to very quickly and simply define it, we're hoping that that gets us gets us somewhere else with that podcast because if there's if there's one thing with alone to do it can be anything and it can't be uh defined very easily if people if people want to know what it's about in one word i don't know if you could tell them nope which is (laughs) which is hard whenever you have to be in the itunes category exactly (laughs) um so that's what we're going to do and we're really excited about it and it's not going to start next week but our first episode is going to go up on january 24th yes as long as everything in the process of getting it approved by itunes and everything works out that is going to be the day that it goes up and yeah um i will be posting the link to it in the existential spoon facebook page it'll be on the website Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're friends with Mathis and myself on Facebook, we're going to post about it. Um, <laughs> so there's different ways that you can find it or you can just search and hopefully that gets approved. I guess we don't know. Hopefully it's not too close to they're going to be like, uh, no. <laughs> so I guess didn't that, even think about that till just now. I just thought about it when we were talking about just a few minutes ago. Oh, um, man. So I guess we'll if it doesn't work out, people. we'll, we, we'll we let you guys not know somehow. use that name. Yeah. We, It'll be fine. Um, so the 24th, <laughs> just be on the lookout and uh, really subscribe to it because it's going to be something really, really special. And Mathis and myself, we've been talking about it and the structure of it. And we're both just really excited. And we're excited to kind of start a new journey. We've been doing Hello and Do for a year now. And, you know, like all good things, it must come to an end. And new things come from those ashes because we're Phoenix ashes i do i do not like the way you define that but i'm gonna let it be because you can say whatever you want to say phoenix is a mythological bird that rises from the ashes and i think it it is beautiful but i don't like the i don't like the image of hello and adu being ashes being burned yeah yeah being she is done burned like entirely burned like no more well you're a dark being that's all i'm gonna say god bless (laughs) you're a dark being Yes, is it Phoenix Eye? What would you? What? How would you call plural phoenixes? Is it Probably phoenixes? Just Phoenix. Or? It sounds dumb. Oh well. Okay, so moving on, for the for a good portion of this episode, 
we want to talk about our favorite uh, films over the course of 2016 and yes. anything else that might be uh, coming up in there. But before we move on to that, John, I, I'm sure you can imagine, I was very heartbroken over uh, Christmas break or whatever you want to call that. I guess I'm not a student anymore, mm-hmm. but you know, the holiday period. Um, I didn't, when, when Carrie Fisher had her, her heart attack, I didn't, I didn't put a bunch of weight in that being like, uh, like a huge, uh, moment concern. that she, yeah, a huge concern. And I thought that the media was up playing it and everyone was talking about it because people like to talk about, you know, like, yes, rush to the ICU. Exactly. An unstable condition. Like yeah. Everyone's always in unstable condition and in the ICU. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I'm sure everything's fine. I'm sure, I'm sure she's going to be okay. It sounds, it sounds really hard. It sounds really bad, but I'm sure she's going to be okay. And then I, th- what was it? Two days or three days later, she passed away. Yeah. And, and I was out with my family when I, when I got a text message from a friend that said, she's gone. She's, she didn't make it. And I was just completely like taken out of my body. And I was like, what? Yeah. Cause she, she plays a huge role in your, you know, childhood. cinema yeah, and, and cinema. childhood experience. Yeah, exactly. Like I just, I, you know, I'm still like struggling to find the words for it, but I read something um, about why, why is it so hard? Why is this death so hard for everybody? And it's because, you know, if you're a huge fan of Star Wars, you know Han, Luke, and Leia better than you know a lot of people, or you've known them longer than you've known a lot of people. Like, they they might not have been changing as often as we were changing growing up, but they were there with us as we grew up. Yeah, like, and they were the constant for some people who maybe didn't have a lot of constant at home. You know, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, psychological things with that too. It's just a, yeah, and it was just, they're all iconic characters. They're all, they're all people that it's going to hurt when they pass. And you, we just have to accept that. Like they mean so much to us and it's just going to hurt. Like a lot of deaths are going to hurt when they have such a close nostalgic tie to, uh, growing up. Um, but Carrie was so young and it just, it's just, I hate those young deaths that and there was several of them this year where you just didn't see it um you didn't see it coming because it wasn't time you know and yeah i just wanted to like briefly talk about it because i was i was really upset about it as you can imagine you know how much i love star wars yeah yeah i mean you are not alone i think a lot pretty much the world was very taken back by her death and then just to like add to like almost the romance to this death like her mom died two Mm -hmm. days later and it's just like you can't write that type of stuff you know as weird it is as it is to say like it's kind of beautiful how that happened but it's also so tragic for carrie's daughter and you know their whole family um did you see the trailer for bright lights the documentary yeah about them that was supposed to come out like a, it's an HBO documentary for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. It's called Bright Lights and it's about Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher's relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it's supposed to come out like a year from now, and they moved the date way up. Oh, really? Released the trailer way beforehand. Which they must have filmed it a long time ago, because in the trailer she mentioned, you know, I'm going to film episode seven, and that was several years ago now. Um, Yeah, exactly. But But when she did die, I and after Debbie Reynolds died, I kind of went through like uh, a big YouTube like hole with like Carrie Fisher interviews. And I watched her hmm. um, one woman show on HBO. She also is one of those on HBO. I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, and she's just, she was so funny. She was a you know? firecracker. And she, did, she was hilarious. She was a firecracker. And one thing that a lot of people talked about is she was a huge uh, voice and advocate for mental health because, mm-hmm. you know, she did struggle with mental health for a, lo- a large period of her adult life and she did a lot in normalizing that which i think is very very important in our society because it's stigmatized yeah. to the point where you know people can't get jobs they can't you know it's it's very much it's a problem that needs to be addressed and i think that she you know having someone with her stardom and for them to go through that and being open and honest and kind of talking about it in a funny way it's very healing for people and i think that's why comedians are kind of so therapeutic because they say things that people don't don't normally say and people are like ah you know i relate to that yeah you know thank you for finally saying that and yeah um, that's true you know they make jokes about it because we have to make jokes about it and um so that's one thing that i really appreciated about her and i wish i would have kind of followed her more while she was alive. I do that a lot with people that die early, like with Michael Jackson, when he died, like I never mm. listened to his music. And then I went back and I listened to it and I loved it. And I, um, you know, so it, it is sad because she, she did a, a lot for the mental health community and just, she was super funny. Yeah. I think with the, what's funny about Han, Luke and Leia is that everybody also loves Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Like we actually really adore those people and we don't know, we don't really know them, you know, like we don't, yeah. we don't know anything about them except for what they've made known. And Harrison Ford is to a the stone. Public. Yeah. In every true. interview. And everybody loves it. That's what's yeah, funny. I wouldn't like it, but no, I don't think that the, the, the show likes it, but you know, people like me are like, Oh my God, Harrison Ford is just, Oh such Harrison. A, he's such a goof. He he's just a he's just a big grump. He is a big grump. Yeah, he's hilarious. That's okay. Uh, but I'm just saying that because, um, you know, like we liked, we really liked Carrie Fisher. Everybody really liked Carrie Fisher. They liked that she was hilarious. They liked that she was the princess of our childhood. We we liked that she was so intelligent. We liked that she was. Um, the advocate like you were saying like there was so much about her and the reason why i brought up bright lights was because um debbie reynolds and carrie fisher did have like a really interesting connected life when they were uh when they were older like Mm -hmm. they they took care of each other and they both were struggling with they both have been struggling with a lot over the past like uh, 15 to 20 years in terms of yeah uh, being an aging star and then of course mental health and Carrie Fisher's had a lot of uh, health problems outside of uh, mental health she's been um, you know like she went through a huge drug rehabilitation huge uh, alcohol rehabilitation if I remember right 
and she she had a really brutal um life as far as all of that goes like Mm -hmm. she struggled with a lot of different things but i think what's kind of beautiful is that we got to see her be the carrie fisher that everybody loves before she died you know like we saw her in the force awakens and we saw her um we saw her on the press circuits again we saw her doing things again we saw i don't know the person that everybody believed or not believed but loved just sort of it was back to the way that it had been for a moment you know and right and i i really appreciate that i don't um i'm not like super concerned about star wars episode nine but just out of curiosity what would you do about the princess leia character just because it's a huge I, talking I, point right now did yeah, you see I that lucasfilm's having a huge meeting next week with everyone they involved because you know that they've planned these out you know mm-hmm. they have to have planned it out several several movies in advance and just canon wise you know princess leia may be in their timeline so it's almost like do they have to rewrite this canon timeline do they try that you know cgi face stuff that they were doing in rogue one mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's ethical stuff involved with that that would be an interesting talking point um, to, you know, use her face without her consent. And people were talking about that with uh, What's-His-Face, too. But um, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Because I, I saw that she was contracted, I think, for at least, I want to say two more films. But maybe oh, really? it was just one. Maybe they were counting eight and well, maybe nine but i i was thinking like well maybe princess princess leia isn't doesn't make it to the end of episode eight but then when i saw that everyone at lucasfilm was going to have this huge meeting i was like no she's gonna she's gonna make it to the end of the film and she definitely is involved in some way after that movie the reason why i say not that i care all that much is because it is an interesting conversation but this isn't like the most interesting thing to me or the most important thing to me i should say about Carrie Fisher passing. Right. Which obviously I care about Stars Episode 9, but in terms of this conversation, it's like just a quick thing that I wanted to hear your opinion on. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do. I just don't know, Mathis. I just don't know. Anyways, I'm still getting over it. Yeah, it takes time. Um... Let's talk about our favorite movies of 2016. Let's do it. I think we should say we both have a top 10, and I think we should say the bottom five. Okay. And then we can kind of uh, bounce back and forth between our top five, and I can say, here's my five, and here's why I like it, and you can say, well, here's my five. And Okay. So my bottom five starting with 10 and going to number six would yeah. be sing street and swiss army man and 10 cloverfield lane and the lobster and rogue one and what were yours john so these are definitely my 10 through six this is a very tentative um listing of them i don't really like the order that i'm going to put them in Oh. <laughs> but this is <laughs> this is what they're going to be. So I have Civil War, Fantastic Beasts, Ten Cloverfield Lane, uh, Lion, and Arrival. Oh, Lion made your uh, your top ten. 
Yeah. Did you it's tell really me you good. saw that? I can't remember. I think I did, but yeah. maybe I didn't. Now that I remember, I think. Now I think I'm remembering you saying that right. We put Ten Cloverfield Lane in the same place on the list. Yeah, we did. That was a fun movie. And I, I mean, I just love those superhero movies and it's Harry Potter. So I, the question, very nostalgic for me. Yeah. The question that I'm currently having is, well, are we going to see more superhero movies show up at the top five or Civil War, the only one that made it? So I don't know. Here we go. You can start with your number five since I I went first. It's Doctor Strange. (laughs) Ah, see? I was like, I wonder. And I know that there's an argument to be had of whether or not it's top five material in regards to film. Like if you critique it film wise, it's probably not a top five. Hmm. However, the content of Doctor Strange is something that I am so interested in. Absolutely. And they did it in such a way that was fun and it was superhero that it really struck a chord with me in a way that it was in my top five. Well, it's rewatchable. It's fun, but it's it's very substantive. It It gave us a lot to think about. Yes. It's fun. I'm just like lying in the seat during the movie. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> shook. Yeah, exactly. John just gave his shook face to the camera, yeah. everyone. Uh, um, my number five was Don't Think Twice. And I think I talked about it on this podcast, if I remember right. We definitely talked about it several times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Mike Berbigula's second directed movie. Mike Berbigula is my favorite comedian. Um, his mm-hmm. first directed movie was Sleepwalk with me also just a fantastic film and with both of them they are very grounded uh dramedies and very simple in a sense in terms of like what you're seeing it's kind of like simple but they're both very rewatchable like for being for being that sort of genre they're both very easy to come back to and don't think twice if if you guys haven't heard of it. It's one of us one of the smaller films this year that a lot of people didn't get to see. It's about an improv group that's getting older and certain people are getting opportunities and it's pulling them away from the group and certain people are wondering if they should stay in the group and it's basically just this this tight-knit group of friends and artists and lovers of comedy trying to trying to figure out the next step in their life. It's profound. It's so sad. It's so funny. It's so uh, spiritual for me, like just in terms of the relationships. It was just very moving. <laughs> <laughs> moving. Moving. Yeah, you really liked it. I wish I could have seen it. It did not play anywhere near here at all. I'm You're sure now. Like it. I'm sure now I could, you know, get it through Apple uh, or Redbox, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely going to have to check that one out. Yay. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, my fourth one is Manchester by the Sea. Oh. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, you didn't get to see it, right? No, I didn't. I, I didn't yeah. realize that was going to make your top five. Yeah. Well, so going into it, all I had heard is people were like, oh, the ending is so depressing. I saw it on Facebook statuses. You told me this. I saw people in person, <laughs> their faces, when they said the ending, they were like, oh my God, the ending. And I was just like, oh my God, everyone's going to die. <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. I was preparing myself for the absolute worst because everyone seemed to be traumatized by it. Yeah. And I'm here to say it is not that bad. <laughs> like, it's bad. Like, it's not, it's not an uplifting movie by any, any means, but it, it's not going to like... <laughs> Not everyone dies at the end. I'll just say right, that. Um, right. Spoilers. Not everyone yes. dies at the end. Um, 
I, I it's it's a huge drama. Um, mainly the performances are just very incredible. You know, it's a mm-hmm. it's a weird family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey Affleck, pretty much the premises. Casey Affleck, his brother uh, dies suddenly, and then Ben Affleck dies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, uh, no. <laughs> um, and pretty much it involves like joke. stuff with the will and um, his brother had a teenage son who is put into Casey Affleck's um, guardianship, essentially. Um, and so there's just so many family dynamics. Casey Affleck is so... Um, he's kind of... Uh, I don't know the word to use antisocial like yeah. he doesn't he's he's he plays it so well um he looks so very just, unnerved in all of the footage I've almost seen. psychopathic and not in mm. a way that like he's gonna kill people but in a sense where they're like com- like you look at their face and they are emotionless kind of um, neurotic in a sense as well just sort of yeah. like and yeah, all over the place and so like there's that element throughout the entire film which kind of raises the stakes with every character and their relationships and the plot and so it's just it's very it's very good and i encourage everyone to see it but it is a downer so if you're not if you're not into dramas if you're not if you want to feel good don't see it when you were describing it being like the way people were calling it a really sad and depressing movie it reminded me this is a very random side note but i just love it so much it reminded me that when the girl with the dragon tattoo was being marketed, it was called the feel bad movie of the year. And I just remembered that. And that's just so clever. And I wanted to like call Manchester by the sea, the feel bad movie of the year. Do you know (laughs) why I kept seeing articles where it's like, people don't want Casey Affleck to get an Oscar nomination. Did you see anything about that? No. um, Cause I don't know. I don't know what that's about. I never clicked on it cause people are dramatic AF. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number one, the Oscars usually don't reflect public and popular opinion, so there's a chance that he might not win. Or maybe it's the fact that the, the popular opinion um, doesn't want him to win, and it's more of like the closed It wasn't even more so that section. he'll win, that he'll get nominated. It was like very, uh, oh, they were all very, very much aggressive. against him. And well, I was like, I don't, I don't know if it's just because of his character. Maybe it just but. feels a little artsy-fartsy to people. It doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't feel that way. Does but it drag? We should, we should move I on. I saw the runtime and no. I was like, oh my gosh. No, I thought it was paced really well for what it was. Okay. Well, you know, we I should... love Casey Affleck, so I'm. it's very <laughs> much on my watch list. He's like in my top five favorite actors. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you're okay with that, but it's true. I'm not not okay with that, but. Okay, good. Speaking I'm of favorite like... actors. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my next one, my number four is Arrival. And. Yes. I definitely talked about that one on this podcast because mm-hmm. that movie shook me. That movie was uh, clever shook. and yep. And sh- shooken material, shaken material, shooken, shook, no. shook factor of 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am sounding like I'm all over the trying place to today. be uh, cool by using the lingo. You know, that's going to be daddy. as a parent. Yeah. Daddy shook. I'm like, I've been so shook and my kids like, stop. They're like, honey. You've never been shook, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he just like waves his arms. I'm shook. Yeah, exactly. Um and Amy Adams is one of my favorite actors. That's why Crushed I was it. transitioning into uh arrival like that. I thought that she was amazing in it. There's 
a really good chance she's going to be nominated for the Oscar for it, which would just be amazing, even if she doesn't mm-hmm. win, like a sci-fi movie with uh, a female lead in it that is just astounding. That would be cool. Uh, I love Denis Villeneuve or Denis Villeneuve <laughs> or however you say his name. Uh, it's his like third directed movie, I believe, or his fourth. But he did uh, Sicario, which I thought was great. Enemy, which I thought was great. I don't like Prisoners. Oh, it is his fourth. I just figured it out as I was <laughs> saying those out loud. Um, speaking of which, the trailer for Blade Runner 2 dropped. Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, my God. I'm so offended. Honestly, like, I thought That's it was fine. amazing. I thought, um, no, I thought it I thought it I don't, it's fine. But but that dropped over Christmas season. That's why I bring it up. And I also have things about the title. And that was amazing. I think it's a lazy title. Uh, I think it's a great title. Let's see. Ooh. But you like also the, love, love Blade Runner. That's another I do. one that I, you're I, like, I love this Blade is Runner. mine. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that the visuals were were amazing. And I thought that Ryan Gosling looked perfect for the world. And wow. they brought certain uh, soundtrack elements back. And the new soundtrack elements were great. I'll and the branding again, was great. I mean... I'm a, it wasn't great in my opinion, but we should we should not uh, talk. Well, about I'm that. talking about the teaser, but yes, Blade Runner right. is great, and I will make you say the same thing one day. He will. He will force me. Anyways, anyways, I will okay. move on. Like you said, I I thought Arrival was amazing, and go with your really number good. three. We're at the top three, three now. Where it's getting crazy over. <gasps> Midnight Special. Is it really in your top three? Yeah, I'm about to cry. Why? That's so beautiful. You would be so offended if it was not in my top 10. Yeah, I would. Well, no, because I, I don't remember you liking it, like top 10 material, liking it. You know my type, my top 10's not like, <laughs> it's not hard to get in there. No, that's true. I'm, I was really just shocked though. I'm glad I, it's in I your just, top 10. I, that, this kind of goes along with the same type of thing as like Doctor Strange, where it's like the content of what was being told is very interesting to me you know kids with superpowers and it's told in a way that it's not like a superhero movie but it's told in a drama in a real life situation and it also deals with um almost like the multiverse kind of or maybe like different worlds um and i love that element of it and i think they did it in a really awesome way and it's kind of like a chase movie yeah it's like a mystery it's a Um, mystery it's a chase movie it's got the multiverse in it yeah it's it's just it's everything. It doesn't it doesn't throw itself into any one genre fully, which really helps it right. just like float above all these different areas. But it doesn't make it feel unfocused. It just feels like it's right. It wants and the to performances be are great. I mean, oh yeah, I know, I know. Guys, I wonder we're where be you talking think about Midnight Special soon again when yeah, Mathis tells. When, I wonder where you wherever. think that movie's going to be on my list. <laughs> uh, let me see what the other ones are. Um, okay, so my number three uh-huh. is La La Land. Okay. And um, a lot of movies on my list are also very uh, rewatchable. In, yes. In a sense of like, um, in in a way that they haven't really been in past years. Like I thought there was a lot more rewatchable movies this year than there were last year. And La La Land was very much like um, rewatchable, very similarly, similarly to... Damien Chazelle's first film Whiplash where like I walked out and Mm. I was like if I had the time I would walk back in right now and watch it again because I feel like 
I just didn't even get it all on the first viewing. And I saw La La Land twice, and the second time I was just like, oh. I'm going to hold off on my opinion so on it because it's still on my list. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I'm sure you thought it was very. Just like yeah. Whiplash, like you're like in it and then it's over and you're like, I didn't even know time passed. Like it was exactly. so. Yeah. It just brings you in and the emotion. And yeah. I mean, Whiplash and La, La Land are very different, but because Whiplash is very much like intense drama Mm -hmm. and this is very much more like it's it's not like a feel-good movie but it's more upbeat there's music involved there's romance um but it's still done in a way that is so encapsulating and you're just like oh i'll i'll continue when i get it (laughs) it was very i i i wonder it seems like the movie that's like just gonna like easily take a bunch of Oscars this year and I don't know if it really should but it just feels like it's gonna be like mine 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 yeah like and I only say that because I think that the one thing that would make the Oscars a lot better is if movies were like if like one movie didn't win all of the awards because it was like because it was the one movie like they're obviously I would give like for example and I know this is just me but I would give Amy Adams the Oscar over Emma Stone in La La Land you know what I mean like I'm not like obviously I like La La Land a little bit more than Arrival but like right you know know so I I hate I hate that the Oscars are sort of just like well La La Land is the best movie of the year so here's all of the awards yeah and one thing I do hate about like how our media works is that they say it like from before the movie is released with these types of movies that like La La Land is the movie to see and it's going to be yeah. like getting all the awards. Like they put it into the universe like way before it even comes out so that it's almost like implanted in your head when you see it that you're like, oh, like this is going to be the best movie of the year. Yes, this is exactly that movie. It this, was. And it totally did that. Yeah. For the, And usually that ruins the experience for me. This one, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's one thing we do need to change in our society is just um, hyping it to the point where it, you know, we're almost saying they're going to win before anything is even like nominees or yeah, it's almost like forces the Academy people to nominate them and to give them the award because it's already been put into place essentially. Well, the th- yeah. And the thing with the Academy is that obviously the voters, there's no way they could watch all the movies that are on the list for like uh, nominations so yeah. when all of the voters keep hearing about La La Land, they it's all the watch same with La politics. La like, yeah, exactly. They, that's why people put up signs in their front yard because exactly. if it's a recognizable name, exactly. they're going to vote for it. Exactly. And um, people didn't vote. <laughs> Actually, they did. But we're not going to get bought. <laughs> We've talked enough about that. <laughs> yes. Um, from a, a from a marketing standpoint, though, shut up. <laughs> from a marketing standpoint, though, I think everyone who worked on La La Land is like, wow, that worked out really well. I forget what movie I saw. It was recently, but it was after I saw La La Land and the trailer came on. I was literally just like cheese and I was like, yes. Like, like the trailer just, for La La Land? Yeah, it's so yeah. good. And it really, that really does portray what the movie is like, too. Mm-hmm. And it, it just brought back all of the good feels. And I was just smiling. And I was like, I want to see it again. Yeah, exactly. It is that movie for sure. It feels, and you know, you were saying like, it's not like, it's not like Whiplash, but it is. It like totally like, it's so interesting because it is like Whiplash a lot. And then it's not at all. But I'll move on. My number two, wait, no, you're number three. My bad. My bad, girl. My number two, 
I did my number three. Do you want me? To- I I know what I'm saying. Yes. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> this one, I'm hesitant, but I'm pretty sure this is what it is. Hell or high water is my number two. I know. Really? I know. You were but- really shocking me with this list. Mathis is shook a lot this episode. Yeah, shook um, factor ten over here. And I think what it is, I think in definition, this would not be the movie that I would put in my top five. Not However, each of the elements that I would look at, like I think because it's not a movie that I would typically like and I liked it so much, that's why I think mm. it deserves that top spot. I thought the performances were great. I thought the pacing was great. Yeah. I, you know, I said performances, pacing, um, the plot, like everything was just very much, it was such a ride and I enjoyed every minute of it and I hate those types of movies. Yeah. Like very much, it, it's not like a Western, but it's in like a Western-y town where there's a lot of sand and the sapia tone. And those are just not my my jams, but it worked so well for me. And so I think it, I think that in itself shows that it's a really well done movie yeah. and deserves to be there. I don't know. That's why I'm saying though, I don't know if really n- number two is where it needs to be on my list, but that's where it is. But it just surprised you enough to go that far. It up did. Your list. Yeah. Yeah. That's a like, good way Whoa. to put it. It is such a surprising. Yeah. And even I, I can get down with those movies a lot more than you can, but even I was like surprised, you know? Yeah. Like I, I enjoy like the, the new style Western to a degree, but I was like, Oh my gosh, this movie is just another level. And I'm yeah. going to keep talking about it because it's my number two. Hell so yeah. that's Hell funny. Yeah. What did you say? That's no, funny. Keep going. Our top um, threes, I think, are the same movies then. They are. That so I don't think that's, that's happened in the past. <laughs> no, we're pretty close though. Okay, so you go. Um, something, something when I was deciding my top ten, like a huge thing this year, and this is like something that changes uh all the time like it's probably going to be different in five months but i i really wasn't digging movies that were that nothing was happening in the sense of like it was a lot of uh discussions and a lot of internal journey and a lot of uh characters who weren't doing a lot of things and there were a lot of movies this year that I like I liked the movies, but they they couldn't have been top tens. Like they just were not the movies that were like hitting me really hard. For example, if people listen to the podcast, they know Mathis' top list is, you know, he could really like a movie and it's in his top one hundred. <laughs> it doesn't even make the top 10. right. No, and I mean and he could it, be like jumping up and down for it. Like yeah. I loved it. It's number fifty six. <laughs> Shut up, okay? <laughs> Shut up. I You know it's, it's true. It makes sense because I just really like movies. I know. Which is why we're so. doing a movie podcast. It's called uh, <laughs> January 24th. Check it out. Coming soon to a theater near you. As long as it's approved. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. In the little parenthetical at the bottom. Yeah. As long as it's approved. Yeah. Um. So a lot of movies this, this year that made the top 10 were very action-based movies. Like the characters were doing a lot and what they were doing was what was telling me everything and hell or high water is just it's astounding in that sense there is so much that people are doing and they don't have to tell you in that movie what's happening and you are like picking it up as you go and i love movies like uh hell or high water and midnight special especially movies that are like um we're gonna figure this out as just movies from 2016 i mean we're gonna figure this out as we go like 
oh, now this is going on, now this is going on, and we didn't know this was happening. And and it's like all the characters are informed, but the audience has no idea what's going on. Like, I love that kind of stuff. Um, Hell at High Water, great action scenes, great performances. Casey Affleck's in the top five, and I think Ben Foster's in the top five. So, obviously, uh, I was really excited to see Ben Foster be awesome. Jeff Bridges was... Jeff Bridges Jeff in the Bridges. movie, but exactly. Yes, exactly. But it, but it, did, it worked uh, so well for God Hell or High Water and it didn't bother me at it's, all. And I, yes, that's and very I, true. And usually, sometimes it really does bother me. Exactly. It bothers me too. And I, Did we talk about that? Anyways. Yeah, I think we have. But it not only did it not bother me that he was just classic Jeff Bridges in it, I couldn't think of another actor that could have done his his performance right. in it. I was like, this he is the only person for this movie. And, um, yeah, for anybody that hasn't seen it, we talked about it a few episodes ago, but Mm -hmm. the epilogue of the movie just puts the freaking, like, not nail in the coffin, because that's like a a sad thing. Cherry on top. That's it. The the epilogue of the movie is the cherry on top. I highly recommend it. You will be Shook Factor 10. (laughs) There you go. There is. Okay. Number one. So my number one is La La Land. Of course. I loved it so much. So I saw it with my whole family. So my parents, my sister, and my brother-in-law. And when it ended, (laughs) well, here's the thing. When it ended, I was like smiling and I was like, I loved it. And they were like, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. And I was like, that is so uh, sad when that happens. But I didn't even care because I loved it that much. I was like, that's fine. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Like I said before, I thought it was so encapsulating. I mean, it was such like an upbeat. A, I love, I do love musicals, so I love the musical element to it. I love the whole first scene. I mean, oh my god, yeah, it, like it just puts you in the place. You're like sitting in the theater, and you're like, this, like it's just it's everything. It really like puts you in the mood for this movie. It um, kind of sets the tone. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. It sets it, the it musical does in tone, a sense, but in a sense. yeah. I know what you mean by um, like, I don't know that it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also, I loved the chemistry between Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. It was, I I don't remember who said, where I heard this last night, but um, some, somewhere I was watching and they said that like good actors um, can say a line as if it's the first time that they're saying it. And um, for those two, it just felt like every single time that they interacted with each other or they had a scene it was like they were doing it for the first time it was it's mm-hmm. like they were giving it their all it felt so real and not fake at all um i i just i just really liked it really it just it made me like smile and it's not even like mm-hmm. necessary you don't leave being like happy you know it's not it doesn't end necessarily on a happy note i mean that's up for debate but it I literally was just smiling like the whole time. I just thought it was so joyful. <laughs> it's yeah. And I, yet so heartbreaking. I mean, but that's what makes it so memorable because yeah. it just, it hits right in the gray material where you're like, I I feel so much towards this. I don't feel just happy. I don't feel just sad. And that's why I think La La Land's going to live on a lot. And I like that it's it's really realistic because it's like you cannot it have it all. Like these two characters, they are both pursuing their professional passions and they're also trying to pursue romance and love and family. 
And in this story, they really try to figure out whether you can have both, if whether you can put your time into both your profession and uh, a family. And mm-hmm. that's really like the dynamic that they struggle with. And I think it's done in such a way that is really powerful and it's very realistic to what real life is. And I feel like a lot of times they really film tries to portray it in a um, everything's going to be okay in the end type of thing. And I feel like this is much more realistic where, you know, maybe it doesn't always work out and maybe that's yeah. okay. And, and maybe you live it's with your not. choices. You do. And yeah. you have that choice. You can choose one way or you can choose the other, but you cannot necessarily have both sometimes. Um, yeah. I think th- one of the elements that makes uh, La La Land a lot like Whiplash is that it's, it really shows uh, what it's like for people when they chase a dream and it like shows how much you how much you sacrifice, how much you drop into that dream, like the the amount of uh, time and energy and money and just all of your resources. And a lot of the music in La La Land is about like we're crazy for doing this, but we're gonna keep doing it because like I mean, if you're not dreaming, like what's the point? That's not exactly the thesis of La La Land, but that's like in the general ballpark. Like yeah the the importance of dreaming and the importance of just like throwing yourself out there especially for for people like their characters and coming back to their performances i'll let you i know you probably have more to say but coming back to their performances okay Uh, this is the the best emma stone i think i've ever seen like i she crushed it yeah i liked her a lot more than i thought i was going to and ryan gosling right now is literally i feel like he is like for the last five years just been in in the sweet spot that everyone who works in Hollywood would love to be in. He's like yes. made his own movie. He's in like, he gets all of the best roles. He's always great in it. You know? And you know, one thing that we've talked about a lot is like how Matt Damon looks like Matt Damon and is Matt Damon in all his movies. Ryan Gosling always looks like Ryan Gosling, but he is, it doesn't he looks matter different though. Every yeah. time, I mean, he doesn't physically look different, but he is he really molds into those characters where it's like, yeah, that's Ryan Gosling, but I don't think that's like, that's the character. Mm -hmm. And he does it in a way that, you know, he's, that is what an actor should be like. So Leo, Matt Damon, who else? (laughs) (laughs) Who else do we need to be like, watch Ryan Gosling? Cause he knows how to do it. Cause he literally always looks the same, you know? And I don't like George Clooney, but I think George Clooney is good at it too. I think George Clooney always looks like George Clooney. But I think he he's does. half and half. But you're right. There are times where he isn't doesn't always look George Clooney. But pretty much Ryan Gosling is it right now, and he he's also it. in yeah. the Blade Runner movie. So maybe I'll rewatch it, and it'll be I'll rewatch the t- teaser trailer, and it'll be fine. But um, well, I you really, need to watch it with me. We need to somehow figure that out because it'll be fine. We'll figure because it out. we're gonna make it happen, and you're gonna love it. Okay, we'll indoctrinate okay. you, okay, Mister okay, John. <laughs> um but so that's why it's my number one i encourage Mm -hmm. everyone to see it i i do think it deserves a lot of awards but i'm also i'm not i'm against one movie earning all the awards just because um and i hope that it doesn't win all of them but i do hope it wins a lot of the big ones because i think it just when we're looking at you know best films of the year I feel like it has all of the elements that we're really looking for and it's memorable and rewatchable performances are good. So I don't know. That's why it's my number one. That's why it's math is number three. And that's a big deal too. Yeah. So now we're yeah, going to go to math. It definitely bounced around my number five 
uh, top five a lot where I was like, how much do I love this movie? And I, I really do like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, one last note on the Ryan Gosling thing. He, you know how we're saying he's it? He shows up in like all of these franchises right now. Like he's showing up everywhere and he's still not doing that Matt Damon thing that we hate. Right. And that's what's crazy because he's like in every popular movie, it's like, and Ryan Gosling was casted and you're like, uh -huh. typical. And then you yeah, don't great. hate it at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're like, like great, it, I'm going to love it and I'm going to hate myself for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then my number one as has been uh, foreshadowed for like the past six entries. Months. <laughs> or months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is Midnight Special, guys. And he, he loves it. You I, love the I do director. love it. You love everything about it. I love everything about it. I, I love Jeff Nichols. I love the way that he makes movies, the way that he tells stories. Everything you were saying, I totally agree with. One thing you didn't say, uh, just to add on to your genre sort of discussion of it, uh -huh. the science fiction in it feels very spiritual, and it just gave it right. this new spotlight, and it, it made all of the science fiction stuff that we knew like a little bit different in that movie. And yeah. And you could you could sort of feel it, everything happening on a soul level with what the yeah. decisions the characters had to do and where they had to go. And there's a lot of faith in the movie, like, do you believe it or not? There's a lot of moments like that. Do you believe that it is this? Do you believe that it's that? I love that the superpowers that the boy in it has is uh, interpreted differently by so many different sects of society. I love the performances, obviously. Joel Edgerton is just astounding in it. He, he was also in Jeff Nichols' second film this year, Loving, and he's amazing mm -hmm. in it. He uh, yeah, he is. He's a, yeah, he's a great actor. I loved the action in it. I loved, I loved everything about it. I like <laughs> honestly, like I just don't even. I could talk about it for hours with anybody who said, "Oh my god, mm -hmm. I love Midnight Special." I'd be like, "I will talk about it with you." It's yeah, and, and we talked about it in great. one of the episodes. I remember after we you did, saw yeah, it, or after I saw it. One, I can't. Both. I honestly can't believe Hell or High Water and Midnight Special ended up in your top three. Like, that makes me so happy. I feel like. 2016 was a big year for me, okay? Yeah, exactly. I'm changed. You are a phoenix, John. I'm a phoenix. <laughs> um, so since this is our last episode of Hello and Adieu, um, I saw A Monster Calls last night. Um, it, Which it, we've it both is, been pretty excited about. Just yeah, because and it's, it is, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Mm -hmm. It, it, it doesn't like disappoint it. you, but it's not going to be one that's like, wow that was everything to me it's exactly what it looks like and it's exactly what you want the movie to be um and it was amazing but i left that movie in such an existential crisis <laughs> like um, classic it, john but in like the best way and it wasn't necessarily the movie in itself but like one aspect of the movie which is in the trailer is that you know there's this relationship between the boy connor and his mom who's dying of cancer and that's very much in the trailer. And you can see that, you know, yeah. mom's probably not going to make it. Yeah. Um, so just in the movie, I just kept thinking, you know, life just is not fair. Like there is no like reasonable thing where I can be like, life is fair. And then, I, you know, that went into, you know, how can there be a God if life isn't fair? I'm like, <laughs> if God exists, then life should be fair. Um, you know, if, if things, okay, so that's fine. That's that. And then the third thing that I thought of was, what was the second thing? And what was the first thing? 
The first thing was that life is not fair. Uh huh. But you didn't say the second thing. That, well, the second thing was like, um, oh, the God element. Yes. Yeah. Like, if God exists and God has control over, you know, we've talked this about this a lot. You know, we pray for God to, you know, you know, intervene with our lives. We pray that, you know, if He has control over this world in the way that I think modern religion portrays, then life should be fair. And if it's not fair, mm-hmm. then I think there's an ethical issue with God. Um, and then the third thing was that there are just so many questions that do not have answers. Like we can never know any of the answers to any of our questions. Um, when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to things like that or questions like that, like life isn't, I guess life isn't fair isn't a question statements like that and questions like, you know, the ethical practices of God and stuff, there's just no answers. And so, for me, it's like, at what point do we stop searching for those answers? At what point do mm-hmm. we say, yes, let's talk about it. But it's it's almost like, since there is no final end to answering those questions, what does that look like in regards to actually, you know, dealing with that conflict in yourself? Because for me, and then as I was driving home, I was like, you know, yes. I cannot believe that, you know, if life isn't fair, wait, if God exists, then life should be fair. Um, And then I'm like, but life isn't fair. So maybe there's no God. But then I'm like sitting there driving home being like, but I love the idea that there is a God and I feel that there is something else out there. So then what does that mean? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. but there's no GD answers. Like there's no answers that I can find. So it's like, what do you do with all this conflict? Like someone like me who is just an overthinker like that, that's just where we end up sitting in the corner in like the dark because <laughs> where do you go from there, you know? And I know this is super depressing and I'm and it really I don't have anything no, it's else okay. to say it's about hilarious. it. But I'm glad that that is hilarious to you. <laughs> um but also I feel like that just kind of incorporates what I want what I think life is about and it's about embracing that mystery and it's embracing mm-hmm. that the, the idea that, you know, there are so many questions that we're going to have that we're never going to get answers to. And I don't think that that doesn't mean we cannot try to answer them and have yeah. our own opinions of it. But I do think it means that we as each as individuals are going to find different answers to those questions. I think because we cannot have a final absolute answer with those questions that we are each going to come up with something different. And I think that that's okay. And I think that that is kind of the essence of what I want to portray with my life and the truth that I want to like spew out there, um, that it's okay to come up with different answers. And I think that that Mm -hmm. kind of my little crisis kind of encapsulated, I feel like what my spiritual, I don't know what my idea of spirituality is in this world. Um, that you know there's just a lot of questions and it's okay that we don't have answers but we should still try to i don't know seek out that truth anyways that's amazing you know the uh the the thing about all of these elements of of life the more existential things about like why are things the way that they are mm-hmm. or why can't it happen this way or why can't i have answers to that when you when you talk about embracing the mystery of all of that, that's I think that's why no matter what you believe, faith is like such an important element of 
your living and finding peace in all of those like really insane ideas that we can never fully reconcile. It's why it's so important to have faith because there are certain things in the world that we can't back up and they're going to help us get through life. Right. And, and that's exactly what faith is. Like everything that I have faith in, I can't, I can't prove it to you. And a lot of times we want to be able to prove it to people. And that's, that's obvious or not obvious. That's an obvious, it's, it's, normal well it's it's if it makes sense to you and it gives you peace you would want someone else who doesn't have peace to have the same peace you have exactly you're just going to tell people what your experience has been with peace um i think the problem is is that we assume that what we believe is what someone else will believe in um it doesn't always necessarily happen if you're able to find peace and you're able to find truth in your faith then it, it makes sense that you would be looking at it saying well here just this is what I did, and you give it to right. somebody else. But that's that's the thing about faith. Faith is something that you can't fully explain or expound upon, and and it it has a certain degree of of truth to you. And I think that all of us need to need to have faith in something because mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to help with that that process of right of saying all right. Well, there's things that I can't. I can't answer. And that's that that was actually a good example of what how kind of the structure of Hello and Adieu will kind of be incorporated in our new one mm-hmm. is that you know we're going to talk about films but those ethical type of, like spiritual questions that may be posed in those movies we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the, you know that's a question I mean that's something that is very much posed in A Monster Calls, you know, it's yeah. these you know hard conflicts of like fairness and you know those types of things so that's why i'm excited yeah exactly Uh, that was actually a really good example of what's of what we'll be able to do yeah we'll be able to talk so if you like that element it's still gonna be there guys don't you worry it's all gonna be there your pretty faces (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we're wrapping up we're wrapping up the last episode um it's been a really amazing year Mm -hmm. in a lot of uh, elements in my life and one of the big elements is hello and to do i've really yeah. loved doing this and whenever we were trying to figure out whether to keep doing hello and to do or to not like my first thought was like well we're definitely going to do a podcast no matter what happens because you and i have both fallen in love with doing this and we yeah we really love creating this content and yep i've I look forward to everything that has come and I'm so glad for everything that we did. I'm glad that we took the leap and we, we jumped into this thing for everyone who has been listening thus far. Thank you so much for, for taking a gander on this podcast and we encourage you to come over and listen to what we're doing next because in a lot of ways, exactly. It's going to be fun and it's going to be exactly this. And it's going to be, but more. It's going to feel more structured, in. guys. Exactly. Yeah. And it's going to be about film <laughs> and TV. So you know, which you can probably at imagine. Least you know what you're getting. Talking about. You know what you're getting. You when know what you you're started. getting. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing fun. And I, you know, film. We've talked about this too. Like film in our society is such a powerful method of, um, you know, communicating certain themes. You know, it's. And it has the ability to do it in a way that is relatable. And both me and Mathis both have fallen in love with the like 
storytelling and um, yeah. we just want to kind of yeah. really dive into that and figure all this out and you know that's why that's why we're going to do it based in filmy stuff <laughs> but it's been it's, this, this like whole year has been really great with the podcast and i've learned a lot about myself and kind of how i mean i've learned how i've talked to people like i remember like talking to Madison being like i sounded like <laughs> a dick and so like <laughs> I, and nothing you know, has I now, changed. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I now know like how my tone sounds with people. I know that may sound mm-hmm. like that's the only thing you got from this, but I think that's a huge part. I don't think we understand how we necessarily talk to people. And, you know, that this podcast has allowed me to see that. It's allowed me to understand myself more and my views, not only of film, but also politics. And, you know, we talked about a gamut of stuff. Um, and it's also been really good for myself and Mathis because we are as much as we are very much the same we do have differences yeah and we've learned to overcome well, not overcome these differences but we've learned to be able to have these differences in a civil way which I would say when we started this we didn't necessarily have I mean it's not that we were you know fighting and fighting but we definitely had there was this element of a of aggression maybe more so on my part than yours but you know we it's been good to learn how to have difference in opinions and difference in beliefs. Well, you know, coming back to the embracing the mystery element, the the funny thing about a lot of conversations that we have is that we say a lot of stuff that we can't back up and we believe it exactly a lot. <laughs> we like put a lot of weight in it. And when it comes to when it comes to elements that, you know, like all of us can't really harness and and definite fact it it's great to have these conversations mm-hmm. and to like say well if i can't fully define it i should probably hear how other people are defining it and and i've enjoyed that a lot with what we've been doing yes i guess this is it mathis yeah stop making this it sound like so morbid okay good <laughs> not at all <laughs> we're so terrible it's gonna be this it's gonna be i mean we're gonna do the same thing so yeah exactly um thank you everyone for as far as you've come uh we look forward to seeing you in in the next thing all right guys this is the final adieu yeah this is so depressing (laughs) this is not depressing depressing. it It just sounds depressing it's your fault (laughs) it's my fault guys you can't help it guys i can't it's just me it's me all right all right Here's, here's your curtain call Steve, now you're doing it. Yeah, well, you I'm, make me feel bad when I say it. Oh well. All right, I do math this. I do to all of you as well. Come over and uh, listen to us, January twenty fourth. Thanks, everyone. I do, John. I do. <laughs>